2: Today, we're chatting with writing instructor and trainer, Jessica Reichel, on her featured new vocation success story with her thoroughbred 4Ks and their newest career in endurance riding. We get to know Making the Makeover rider, Claire Mansman, a little bit more. She comes on to talk about her current journey to the makeover, and we wrap up things with Winnie morgan from New Vocations to offer a training tip and our adoptable horse of the week. Stay tuned.
3: And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the Retired Racehorse.
2: This is Joy Orr, Detroit, Michigan. And this is Kristen Kovach-Bentley in Jamestown, New York. And you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Kristen, I have so many questions about your life right now. I, 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 like, <laughs> so do I. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I know listeners are dying to hear how Jobber is doing after his surgery since our last episode. And I'll leave it to you. If we start there, if we start with my life, because I I need to know the details as well.
1: All right. Well, Jobber had a slight headache for a few days because he had like a hole in his head. Uh, (laughs) But uh, backing up a little bit, yeah, we went to Ohio State. Oh, what about ten days ago from our recording date? It'll be a little, a little further back uh, by the time this episode drops. So I headed out with him very early in the morning on a Monday, and they did the staging. They did a whole battery of tests and exams on him just to make sure that he was like good to go, and they had you know everything in good shape. And the fun part was that I, you know, was just sort of like turned loose in Columbus, a city that I do not know, uh, with my horse trailer (laughs) attached. So nicely, they gave me a parking lot to drop that. So I could like go get some lunch. Um, so I ate my feelings and had a piece of Oreo cheesecake at a coffee shop and waited for them to call me back. Uh, (laughs) And, uh, fortunately they called me back and they're like, okay, this all looks really good. We can, you know, schedule him for standing surgery tomorrow. Um, which was really good to hear. Cause you know, initially I was concerned that they were going to look at it and say, you know, we can't operate on this at all. Why don't you come and take them home? And I was even happier to hear it was going to be a standing procedure. Um, I don't have anything yes. against, you know, general anesthesia, but obviously when you can avoid it, you can't avoid it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I was like, great. Standing is even better. And then I could pick them up again Wednesday. So I left my trailer in Ohio and headed home. Uh, bummed around for a day and then went back and picked him up. So it was like very turnkey. It was weird, right? Like I'm used to being kind of interactive at the vet Mm -hmm. and here I basically like handed him off at the door and then picked him up uh, and took him home. So it was weird. Like he went in with a, like a tumor lump on his forehead and came out without one. So came out with a, a hole in his head. And, you know,
2: thank yeah. you so much to Cashel for sponsoring the show and Jobber's uh, fly mask. Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a nice, tidy little row of sutures. You know, it's not actually like a hole in his head, but, you know, I, I he was pretty sore for a few days, mm-hmm. which is
2: understandable. I'm but sure though he's acting the himself again, sass so. has not diminished by any means.
1: Yeah, I put them out on grass. Like I would like to have them on full turnout at this point on our big pastures. Um, But I was told very strictly like no normal activities or he's going to bust out of those sutures. Um, And the other morning I turned him out on a small grass lot and saw him start to do his little like head shake and stomp. And I was like, don't you dare. I know you're feeling better, but do not bust out of those stitches. So Um, But
2: prognosis is good, right? Like we're, we're seeing a good, it seems to to be. Yeah.
1: I was hoping by now that I would have the histopath results where, you know, they actually would examine what they took out. Um, Mm -hmm. And I haven't heard back on those yet. So for now I'm operating on the no news is good news. um, That's exactly what I was going to (laughs) say. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I should have those official results at some point, but the surgeon was like, I was really happy with the way That it removed, like there were no like tentacles, you know, like latching it onto his creepy forehead or anything (laughs) else. So it just it came off nice and tidy. And yeah, it's it's just weird to look at him now and be like, oh, your head, it's flat. So,
2: (laughs) all right. Well, I love that. That is beautiful, fantastic news, and I think we can all celebrate however you choose. I'll just leave it at that. Yes. I mean, I know
1: I feel much better that it's done. So I hope yes. uh, anybody else who was worried, thank you for worrying with me. I appreciate uh, all the messages and uh, emails and stuff that I got from everybody. So yeah, thanks very much. Jobber is like for for practically a mascot for this show. So like he's, a, well, he's a you know, he's, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we have a thing for chestnuts. So Speaking sure of, how, are,
2: how are things going with yours? Oh my gosh. So good. So good. So just the good news keeps on coming. Yours is... Much more better than mine. Much more better. Joy. Learn to talk. I, mean, I didn't do it's anything. A, I just it's evening surgery, everybody. So <laughs> well, so I mean, like yours your horse, is something you achieved yourself. So well, you not without a, a long journey. That. So everyone knows my horse has been is a little sassy coming back into work. I mean, the ability and flexibility she's created of being able to almost fling her head back into mine has been impressive over the winter. <laughs> That's a good way um, to spin it. Like, oh, it's just increased flexibility. Yeah, uh, the athleticism the <laughs> shows. Um, but uh, you know, we we look back at it. My trainer was watching her a bit. And I know I talked about this a little bit in the last episode. She's like, she's just really grinding and holding on to it in a way that didn't look comfortable, and it was just a simple three piece snaffle, like not anything intense. But for her. It was a big deal, and you know that that's enough for me. So we tried a couple different bits. I tried a happy tongue, which she really loved. I hated it. It was scary. There was no steering. She's like freedom, and like really had a good time with it. But she did not try to headbutt me. But we also only knew how to canter and stop for the whole ride. Well, that's fine. Just do raining. That's all you need to do, basically. Canter. I mean, at least there was no head flinging, so that was cool. Um, but she really enjoyed it. So I'm like, okay, we're on the right path. Then we tried a two-piece. That was a, a no, we didn't even make it out of the barn. And so I just was like, all right, well, let's go ahead and go back to the Herm Springer duo, which is just like a little mull in with a, a little bit thinner middle. And this horse transformed into the dressage horse I always hoped she'd be. Like, oh, yes, we were soft, we were supple, we were willing, we transitioned, we could collect, we could extend. I'm like, okay, I see you. Like, this is dope.
1: Nice. Um, and I'm I looking just, this bit up because I'm not familiar with it.
2: Yeah, and I thought she'd hate the loose ring, but she actually likes the loose ring. It does come in a D ring too, for anyone who oh, yeah. is interested. Uh, and we have a whole episode on bidding X ex- racehorses. So that's episode 63. If you are thinking maybe if a bit the right. One for you, we partnered with a uh, bit Bar in Canada and they have a really great deal. Uh, they'll do a consultation with you for free. Um, They're not a sponsor, but they are someone who has really helped me. So I'm going to plug them, but yes, they were awesome in giving me some suggestions and she's just been extra lovely. We've had really good lessons and consistent rides. We even went on our first trail ride and that was a big deal. So yeah, we'll see how it continues to go. I do need to try the spurs. I wanted to get the bit first, um, but just to give my legs a little bit of a break from the the leg eggs, um, I think we're still going to try the spurs out. So next episode, I'll let you know if I if I make it. Well, I guess if I'm Ooh. not here, you'll know. Yeah, if I'm hosting solo and it's just the Kristen Bentley show, yeah, yes. we'll know that uh,
1: there is a tragic spur incident. You'll know when um, the
2: job <laughs> the job posting goes up for new co <laughs> Right. No, I think that's wise though. You know, don't
1: change all the things at once. Cause yeah. for one thing, then you don't know what worked, but then you also don't know what didn't work.
2: Yes. And so, I will say each yeah. ride, she's been a bit better off the leg too. She's being a little more supple. So hopefully like, even if we use spurs, we won't have to use them for long. We'll just use it as a training aid. So I can just focus on the ride and not so much if my leg's going to fall off, but I love that. We've had happy news this entire time. Kristen, like I love to start an episode with good vibes, super positive vibes, and our horses are healthy and happy. But you know who also helps horses stay healthy and happy is our premier sponsor, Kentucky Performance Products.
0: This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com.
4: If you've ever had a horse with diarrhea, you know what a frustrating problem it can be. Finding an ingredient that works to dry up the diarrhea becomes a high priority. It turns out that researchers have found one, a yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii. It has been proven to improve and halt episodes of diarrhea. It supplies specific nutrients to the lining of the small and large intestines, and these nutrients promote healing of irritated tissues.
2: Kristen, I am super excited to bring our next guest on. We have Jessica Reichel. And very fun fact in Small World, I actually rode with Jessica years ago. I've known her since she was a high schooler. Uh, She had this amazing horse named Minka, and it was always such a pleasure to watch them ride together, trail ride. They were on the equestrian team, and now she's on our show. It's crazy. And she has just grown into an amazing horse trainer today. So Jessica, welcome. Thank you so much, Joy. I'm so happy to be here. Oh, it's such a pleasure. It has been I know we've been Facebook friends for a while, and you've started your own writing program and your teaching lessons, and you've brought several different horses along. But you've recently purchased a thoroughbred, well, I shouldn't say recently, last couple of years, a thoroughbred and a standardbred, And you have brought them along in the world of endurance, which I'm so excited to dive into. But let's introduce you officially to listeners. I know I gave a little recap, but tell us a little bit about your riding business and some of the horses you've worked with.
5: Yeah, of course. So I have been teaching lessons since about 2013 or 2014. And I always worked for other people. But in 2017, I started my own riding program. And with the riding program, you have to have horses. So I figured, hey, what's a good cheap horse for a kid in college? And I went with a standard bread from New Vocations. So that's how I wound up with Goldenpedia. She is my 2005 off-track standard bread, and she has been an absolute dream. I'm not going to lie. I didn't really know what I was doing with an off-track when I first adopted her. And she was so kind and so forgiving with everything I could possibly ask for her. Mm -hmm. I had kids, like beginner kids could barely post on her, probably within six weeks of adopting her. Like she oh. Oh. I shouldn't have done that, right? But she is a saint. <laughs> and looking back, would never do that again. But <laughs> she's she's just got such a good temperament and she's been so phenomenal. And then oh. a couple of years down the line, actually it was end of 2021, beginning of 2022. I finally got to the point where I could get a horse for myself. And I did so much endurance with Goldie in 2021. And I wanted to further that. So I was looking at new vocations. I had my heart set on another standard bread. And this one horse kept popping up on like the all horses feed. And it was 4Ks in Lexington. And I kept looking and I said, no, no, no. Everyone tells me not to get a thoroughbred. Don't get a thoroughbred. But she just was there for a couple of weeks. And I said, you know what? I might as well go look at her. And then she was in the barn like three weeks later.
2: (laughs) I, I actually so was looking at I've that mare too. So when I saw your <laughs> post, I was like, oh my gosh, I know someone <laughs> who got that horse because I really liked oh, her. Yeah. I wasn't in the position though, but I really liked that mare.
5: Oh yeah, she's, she's been phenomenal. But that's just how I ended up with the two of them. And I never really had my heart set on endurance, but the horses have just taken me to want to do it with them.
2: Yeah, that was going to be my next question of, when we met, you were kind of in Western, but you also rode English. Like you're definitely that pleasure rider and happy to hop on any horse available. Um, (laughs) For sure. Yeah. So what would you say your main discipline is? And then how did that move into endurance?
5: Yeah. So honestly, I don't really say I have a main discipline. If you asked me to pinpoint it, I would probably say dressage. Mm -hmm. But the way I ride and the way I teach in my program is we use dressage biomechanics and a dressage foundation to further the education of the horse and rider in any discipline. So I started with dressage with both Goldie and Katie, and then horses get bored of the arena. So I just Mm -hmm. take them out and I'll hack them and do things like that. And they really thrived in that atmosphere. So we just decided to go for it.
2: I love that. So that's kind of what was your identifier of like, they seem to really enjoy hacking. Cause I I don't know as much about the standard breads. That's more Kristen's realm. I've always been told they're a little more chill coming off the track. And they also, you know, come off the track a little older than the thoroughbred, but thoroughbreds are known to be hot and a little more flighty. Was there any hesitation about taking your off the track thoroughbred in the trails, on the water, like all those things.
5: Yeah. Honestly, not really, because as good as Goldie is with the children, she was kind of crazy when I would take her on endurance rides. Really? Um, Yeah. Like she she is an absolute powerhouse and not crazy in the sense Mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, she's spooking and bucking and rearing and refusing to go forward. Yeah, exactly. Like she wanted to go and she wanted to please, and she wasn't content just walking down the trail. She wanted to be doing like a 10, 15 mile an hour trot down the trail, nonstop.
2: <laughs> oh, well, that proves it to everyone that stereotypes don't, they're not always true. Just see, so you know. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's interesting too, because
1: I think my standard bread is a little similar. Like he lets kids handle him and like anybody who comes in to ride will ride him. And then I ride him and he's like, yes, let's go do things. And I'm like, whoa, where did this horse come from? You know, <laughs> they seem that to really exactly respond it. to their person. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, and they can kind of assess like what does this person want, and of course the days where I'm like, no, I just I do just want to walk. He's like, too bad, we're gonna go track twenty miles, you know. So
5: <laughs> that is so the exact personality
2: yeah. for sure. That's funny. <laughs> Standard breads crack me up. They're so- I know they're so funny. They are funny. My next question was going to be so with the endurance riding, like I think most of us automatically think of the fifty to one hundred mile rides, so but they can yeah. be as little as ten miles plus. How are you building up these more non-traditional breeds for endurance riding?
5: Um, So I'm going about Katie a little bit differently than I am my standard bred Goldie. With Goldie, it was just kind of like, okay, we're going to go on the trail and we have a really nice metro park nearby that has long, flat stretches. And I was like, okay, how fast can we do 10 miles? Mm -hmm. And we got to the point in 2021 where she could do 10 miles in about 45 minutes, (laughs) Like oh she was gosh. fast. It was, it was terrifying. <laughs> she was so fast. So we, we just did that several times a week until we were conditioned for our 25. But with Katie, Katie has a little bit different mindset on the trail than Goldie because her default is to canter as opposed to Goldie's trot. So it's a little bit harder with her to slow her down, teach her, hey, you can trot and trot a little bit quicker instead of just breaking to a canter. Mm -hmm. Um, so what I've been doing with her is just a lot of long, slow rides. So we'll do seven to eight miles with walking and a little bit of trotting. And then we build it up from there. And now uh, we finished our first 10 mile of the year, a couple weekends ago, Mm -hmm. and now we're conditioning for hopefully a 25. Thank you. But yeah, we're working towards the 25 now. So my goal is always to try to ride that many miles within a week and not necessarily on the trail. But if you're riding in the arena, if you're riding on the trail, if you're doing groundwork, whatever, try to have that conditioned before you do 25 miles in one day. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That makes sense. Yeah. I would so, I mean, the same as like a runner or someone getting into fitness. Right. You'd want to take it slow.
1: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You don't just throw yourself off the deep end, right? <laughs> I don't recommend
5: either. it. I don't either.
1: So how do you make... I mean, that's one thing that's always boggled my mind with endurance. Like... I would love to explore it a little bit more, but I just feel like I don't have time to put in that kind of mileage in a week. Although then like I use a ride tracker and I find that I have put in more miles than I think in a week. Yeah, But like, how do you, I mean, how do you budget the time you need to properly condition that kind of mileage? While also running your own business. Yeah. Right. Yeah. While doing like adult things.
5: (laughs) That is the hardest part, honestly. Um, When I was conditioning Goldie in 2021, she's obviously a lot faster than Katie. She did 25 miles conditioning just for one year, where Katie, now we're about a year and a half in, and I'm not quite ready to do 25 with her yet, but the arena miles actually really end up paying off. The general rule for endurance, and I am definitely not an expert as far as this goes, but a lot of people will say if a horse is in consistent work then they should be fit enough to do a 25. I'm not That's super happy with that just because like with the terrain and things like that, that changes. But a lot of people will do their first race as a 25 mile, uh, limited distance or LD is what we call it. And they'll just do it and they'll just go out and they'll go slow and it'll take them five hours to do 25 miles, but they'll just do it to do it. Hmm.
1: Interesting. I just, I, I guess like in my mind, I sort of created this like, you know, sort of barrier to
2: entry, you know?
1: Yeah, and, and I know. I feel like it's more
2: <laughs> yeah, open than I was expecting. So it's oh, one yeah. of those, it's like, it's a heavy lift in our brain for sure.
5: Right. Right. So I'm yeah,
1: gonna you're like 25 miles. And... <laughs> oh man. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh
5: yeah. It's, it can get very intense, but a lot of people don't realize that if you're going at like just a steady trot, that's about five miles an hour depending on your horse's length of stride and all that but to complete a 25 and five hours you just have to do a five mile an hour trot. so it's not too bad if you like look at it that way but it's still a lot of time in the saddle yeah right now I'm just here
1: thinking about like how easily could I do this it's <laughs> like it's I need one more time to get into yeah <laughs> yeah no that's that's interesting you know and especially you know like I'm in a situation where I do all my riding out in the field because that's what we have. Yeah. You know, so my horses are kind of used to like a long trot, you know, covering ground. Um, So, yeah, that's interesting.
5: Yeah. And you might be surprised too. Like the strenuousness of the ride itself depends on what ride you do. The 10 mile that I just did was all long and flat and wide trail. And we did 10 miles in about two hours and 20 minutes. And it felt like nothing. But then we went to a metro park near us that was really hilly and we felt like we were dying after seven miles. So you really yeah, just kind of sense. have to know the terrain and know what you've worked with and what your horse has worked with.
1: Yeah. So something I've always thought about with endurance, especially, you know, when you're thinking about those long, like 50 to hundred mile races is how on earth are you keeping horses feet in good shape? Like not only for yeah. the race itself, but through that conditioning process, because that is a lot of Miles. You know, oh, yeah. Put on shoes or boots or feet, bare feet, you know, like whatever you have. So, you know, what do you do to ensure a good, healthy foot that's going to hold up to that kind of distance?
5: Yeah. So I, I can't really speak for the 50 milers or the 100 milers because I've only right. ever done yeah. 25s with Goldie, but I actually had her barefoot with scoot boots when we did our 25s. And we were doing probably 25 miles a week for probably three months before our first 25. And we still maintained one pair of boots. And granted, we're in Michigan. So the ground is a little bit softer than it would be somewhere in the South and other places in the world. But yeah, she had the same boots. And there's a little bit more wear on shoes from what I've seen. But it's not too bad.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I use scoop boots too. And I you know, I know that there's all sorts of schools of thought on shoeing versus booting versus barefoot, but I have to imagine, you know, if you don't have metal impacting on rocks and stuff that yeah. has to be a little gentler on all the soft tissue and everything above it too.
0: Oh yeah, so, yeah. definitely. Sure.
1: Yeah.
5: And yeah, for, for Katie, Katie needs a little bit of shoe for some just postural support in the pasture Cause she's got a typical thoroughbred foot and she just goes in composites. And there, I've noticed a little bit more wear on her composites versus the scoot boots, but I've also been taking Katie more places than I did Goldie. So that's the terrain question again. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Where do you think that each horse might sort of max out in terms of distance?
5: You're talking about my personal horses, I'm assuming? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, okay. your,
1: your standard bred mare versus your thoroughbred mare. Like yeah, what, so, what are you, what's your vibe now, you know, from where, you're, so,
5: where you are now? Honestly, I think Goldie could probably go on to do 50s and 100s if she wanted to. I don't think I have it in me because riding her 25 was absolutely terrifying. Um, (laughs) So I'm very happy sticking with 25 LDs. That is my comfort zone. We can hash that out in three, four hours and we're good. Um, Katie, I'll probably keep her at 25 just for my own personal comfort as well as hers. Just because when it comes to endurance, the whole weight... Thing is an issue. So keeping weight on my thoroughbred is a lot harder than keeping weight on my standard bread. Mm
6: -hmm.
5: And luckily with endurance, they have a vet check at the beginning and depending on the mileage, vet checks in the middle and vet checks at the end. And something they take into account is body score. So if you have a horse who is too thin to compete, they're not going to let you take it out there and run it to death and bring it back and have Mm. it lose a bunch of weight in a ride. So that's, that's kind of what drew me to the sport (laughs) in the first place is I love being able to go in there and know, yes, my horse can do this in the middle. Okay. My horse is still doing good. And at the end, yes, we, we succeeded. We
1: did the thing. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. So one thing that, you know, drew my eye, um, I noticed that you did this shore to shore ride in Michigan And that was and yeah, I noticed that because you know of course you have New Vocations graduates, so of course that's (laughs) for us since we partnered with New Vocations. So tell us a little bit about that ride because it looked awesome.
5: Yeah, so that ride is one of my favorites. They've only done it the past two years, and they usually do it when ORV season is over. So unfortunately, it's usually in November. So yeah, the pictures look very cold. Yeah, (laughs) I'm sitting here with my hood on, going. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the the first time I went, I took Goldie and it was probably the best experience of my life. Like if I'm having a good dream, I'm going to picture myself on that ride. It was I sunny, it was warm. Like I was wearing my big like smart pack trainer coat and I was sweating, but I didn't want to take it off and lose it. And yeah, it was, it baffled me how willing she was to canter in deep sand. <laughs> Like that's always been her thing is she will trot anywhere, but canter maybe on a 20 year circle, but she would canter up and down the stretch of shoreline. And it was just magnificent. Oh, that's and awesome. with Katie, Katie's big fear when we do endurance rides has always been water. She doesn't like crossing streams. She'll walk into a river if I lead her into it, but she does not want to put a foot in a puddle. Like she's terrified. And that horse dragged me into Lake Michigan when there were white caps <laughs> and she oh was like God. yeah this is fine and it didn't occur to me until after that she's a floor a thoroughbred oh no so <laughs> she's like where maybe, am i <laughs> yeah maybe she's like home but i doubt that but yeah she she took the to sea? that so quickly <laughs> and yeah it's just it's a fun not endurance ride but it's just a fun trip that you can go on that i think it's maybe six miles round trip but you get to ride through the sand dunes and then you get to lo- ride around the shore of Lake Michigan for about four miles. Yeah, and that's, that's like so everyone's fun.
1: dream, right? Is oh yeah. Is to like ride the beach, especially with an epic X-Race horse who's going to carry you, you know?
5: Uh, oh yeah, um, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And there's always all that. sorts of like washed up like timber that can make little jumps that Ooh. I have never been gutsy enough to do because jumping terrifies me and my thoroughbred loves it. <laughs> But there's all sorts of people who will be cantering up and down the shoreline, jumping over branches, cantering into the water. And it's just a really fun experience. That's awesome. I love
6: that. I know. It sounds so much fun. And Jessica, it's just been like such a journey watching you and seeing how you've grown with these horses. And what are you hoping for for the future? Like, where where are you going to next with them?
5: Um. So Katie, I am working towards eventually being able to do a 25 mile with her. I'm taking it slow with her just because I want to make sure that she's fit enough for it, that she maintains her weight. And honestly, that she's mentally happy going down the trail and not fighting me the entire time um, mm-hmm. with Goldie. Goldie was actually recently diagnosed with knee arthritis. So mm-hmm. I don't believe I'm going to be doing a lot of endurance with her just because I don't want to put the wear on her joints. So with Mm -hmm. Goldie, we'll probably stick with intro rides when I can take her out. But right now she is more than happy being a lesson horse in my lesson program.
6: Beautiful. Good on you for putting your horses first. And no, I'm excited to see you and Katie in the future and your next new vocation success story. That's going to be awesome. So thanks for supporting Ben and being a good advocate for X-Race Horses. It's been such a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Oh, and of course, if people want to learn more about you, where's the best place they can find you?
5: So I am on Facebook, on Instagram, and on TikTok at Riding, And you'll see me posting about my thoroughbred, about my standard bread, and some of my
6: other lesson horses on there. Love it. So check it out, Riding. We will definitely have that in our show notes for you to follow. Jessica, it's been a pleasure. Best of luck. Can't wait to see everything you do.
0: Thank you so much. I'm here with Tony from Cashel. You all know it from the ads you hear all the time on this show. But I, we're at the trade show, and this is the p- point of time in the year where we find out what's new coming out. So what's Cashel have new coming out? Oh, we've got a, a
3: great lineup of uh, 32, 34 wool top pads.
0: So uh, t- describe them.
3: Uh, five different colors, real vibrant, bright sharp looking pads what, are the, what makes them different uh well it's the fill the 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 wool felt on the inside is a natural felt and the fleece on the bottom is a hundred percent merino oh really okay
0: so these are soft and squishy pads
3: well not real squishy but soft then and, and they do absorb shock and and saddle fit
0: what would they retail for what are those that's you know, about one
3: hundred and nineteen.
0: That's the right price. Yeah. Anything else new with Casual coming out?
3: Oh, we've got uh, more saddle pads coming in the fall, a uh, new strap line coming in the fall. It's a, a two-tone that looks great with a, a great buckle set on it. There's, we're always in development, so there's so many things, projects in the works.
0: What's still your most popular product? Is it still always the same things year after year?
3: Uh, fly, you've got yeah. Fly, fly that's what we all. That's
0: it. how I knew you in the first place was fly. Fly masks.
3: Yep. Yeah. Many years ago, uh, we were primarily fly masks and kind of had some tush cushions and a few odds and ends. Today, we've broadened that offering to saddle bags, uh, strap, head stalls, breast collars, bell boots, um, leg protection, and the, the it continues to grow. Is there a place where somebody can go and see all the products? Uh, CashelCompany.com will give
0: you a good offering. There you go. Well, thank you, Tony. It's been fun seeing you again. Hey, thank you. Good to see you.
1: Well, we are back with our Making the Makeover segment. Tonight, we have just one trainer with us. We are joined again by Claire Mansman of Pacific Farm. Um, I think we just heard from her last episode, but she's back again, and we are super excited to pick her brain on all things thoroughbred. So, Claire, welcome back.
7: Thank you. You cannot keep me away.
1: That's just how it works. No, that's fine. We like it. You can stay. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so what's new at Pacific Farm? You got
7: anything? uh, Got anything fun coming down the pike? We have content. I know you're always looking for content. (laughs) We love content. (laughs) um, So, no, all is well. We did actually pick up a. A rather stunning creature from Mid-Atlantic Horse Rescue, which throws oh, stunning a wrench into, you know, my, oh, we each have a horse that is slated to go to the makeover, and then we have another. He would be eligible for this year and next year, though, so we now have a decision oh. to make.
2: Oh, um, okay. This feels like a whole new, like... Very stressful reality show like The Bachelor, but for horses, and I'm here for it.
7: Yeah, exactly. It could be like <laughs> there could be so much drama involved. No, it's like it. we
2: will get the the rose to
1: go? Tonight. Yeah, exactly. So there will be a rose ceremony. There will be people slapping each other. It's going to yes. be yes, yeah.
7: Well, that probably could more actually like squealing than slapping. They'll yeah. definitely squealing. Um, the the one thing I guess I would say is the two three year olds are not eligible. Actually, maybe Fashion Money is actually Fashion Money. May, probably would be. Would not be eligible for. Next year, and this guy could do either. So, um, he uh, he had a tendon about a year ago, just in his last workout, and uh, we love those. It's mild. Uh, it looks great. That buff dude had a tendon, and he's you know been running preliminary now, so that doesn't bother me. But it, it never hurts to give them extra time. So. But he is a strapping, uh, big four-year-old, four white socks. He's very chromey and really sweet. So, yeah, it's kind of fun. His name is Carnegie Hall, which is also oh, that's great. that's a great name. I know. I that. I know. Taking uh, uh, tips on barn names because it could be a carney. <laughs> you could name a Mozart. like just Mozart? On a music. That's tr- I was <laughs> I trying to think of music. I don't feel Carnegie like he's a Mozart. Was. I think
2: that's too much
1: name. Too much. Oh, okay. So Carnegie's first name was Andrew, which is probably, probably a little on the nose.
7: We actually have an Andrew. Oh, that's so yeah. funny. Which two. is weird, right? That is kind of an odd one. You
1: know, we had a um, we had a Carnegie Hall where I went to school at Alfred University. You call him Alfred.
7: Oh, that's like Al- a oh very, he could be an that's Alfred. That's a good
1: one. He could that's be like an Alfred. a deep cut reference. No one's going to get that. But I'll feel like I am in the know if you call him yeah. Alfred. So Yeah, he could definitely be an Alfred. Yeah. All right. Well, off. you know, you get back to us and let us know. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm like looking
2: <laughs> at like different musicians who have played at Carnegie Hall and like, oh, who could be a good one? But I'm I'm leaning towards Alfred as well. I kind of like Alfred. Yeah.
1: I did it. I win.
7: I got a free horse. <laughs> I think it could work. So, you one can, thing I do, yeah, I could give you one. I have extras. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: no, I'm good. <laughs> one thing I do love about, you know, your program is that you've always been pretty straightforward about that. Like you don't mind a certain past injury, which I think is really great Mm -hmm. to, you know, put that forward that you don't have to have a perfectly clean pre-purchase exam or, a you know, perfectly like never had a racing injury horse. You know, you guys have had so much success with horses that have needed a little rehab. So that's really, we have,
7: yeah, we've actually, all of, all of them have, have done really well. And, you know, in our eventing careers and working for the folks that we worked with, we, we've rehabbed horses in that world for all kinds of things, whether it was a pasture incident or competition or just things that, you know, that horses do. And yeah, yeah. (laughs) yeah, horses definitely do. And um, so I I just don't expect that anything is completely perfect, but it all, it all is, you know, how you rehab them, um, how you keep their bodies conditioned, you know, where we kind of think like, um, we're like personal trainers, not just trainer trainers, you know. Um, you have to really think holistically about how the horse moves and what are the best ways, you know. We don't go in a straight line all the time because if I only walked in a straight line, I'd have tension in my body. So, you got to go sideways and you got to bend and we think of it like dance partners, you know. So, you're you're looking for that. Um, the more you can... Help them move their bodies and strengthen their bodies in various positions. Um, just like you know, if you've worked out with somebody doing Pilates, the the better that they're going to be, and and then you just work within their range. Um, I I think you know, I think every horse has um, or should have value, and that's really what we what we work to find.
1: I love that. Maybe that's my problem. I just walk in too many straight lines, like as a person.
7: It can be. I don't think we twist enough. I'm always telling people to twist.
1: No, I feel like if I twist any more than I try to not do, I'll fall down and hurt myself. So. Right.
7: <laughs> you don't <laughs> have to twist like while you're walking. Like just just sit down and turn. <laughs> you don't have to okay. like. Don't be a I'll hero. Be
1: gyrating away over here in my chair while we record. <laughs> Joy's gonna be like, "Why do you sound so weird?" I'll be like, "I'm twisting." Claire told me to. Out of breath. <laughs> Yeah. And I like that emphasis on conditioning because that's, you know, especially this time of year, because up in New York, you know, like we've just emerged out of the snow. Um, yeah. so I'm only sort of just now getting horses quote unquote conditioned, you know, and we right. ride only in a field because it's all we have, you know, but, but that lends right. itself really well to nice long trots and hill work and big loopy doos and, yeah. you know, not just always going straight line, corner, straight line, corner, straight line. Mm-hmm. corner So, right. So I, right. I yeah, I enjoy conditioning. Um, And I know one way that you guys condition and do a lot of like training without it being rigorous training is by ponying horses, which I think is like super underutilized as a training technique. So tell us a little bit more about that.
7: I tell you, you know, you know, at various points in time, um, we've always ponied. I mean, obviously I, I, I did work on the racetrack and I was ponied. Um, we didn't, I, I was a training, it was at a training track most of the time. So it wasn't ponied all the time. We had one horse in particular that was, I, you know, you look back at your life and you wonder what you were doing, but I, there was no way to ride it unless you were ponied. Um, so, a sign of I, a good life, I think. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like your memoir life well is going to
2: be be amazing
7: (laughs) (laughs) what i can remember yeah no so i would be ponied up and and ponied back and that was the safest way to to deal with that situation and um and i remember that pony horse was so cool i mean those horses are incredible and um and then over time working with fox hunters i used to work for the piedmont fox hunt for their staff and i would exercise the staff horses well they needed to go some of them were older and they needed to go for these long trots they were very, very, very fit horses, and so you ponied one to two at a time, sometimes more. Um, same, just like like polo. Um, and I, I've I've helped out with some polo ponies as well. And so I was very used to ponying. Tom's also done all of the same things. We ponied horses a lot, and um, so we started taking. Um, so we'd always done that some with the, fo- the hunt horses. You know, maybe they don't need a rider on them all the time, but hmm. they need to be fit, and it's nice for them to have the weight off their back. But they need to go out and then it's just more efficient. You know, if you have to do a 45 minutes of trot and walk and, and sets, like I I only have so many hours in the day. So if three right. horses are doing the exact same thing, let's all go together. And so that's where both of us uh, luckily are, are pretty um, adept at that. And then I just find with rehabs and things like that, when those horses are a little high, um, if you are comfortable ponying, it's it's a vastly safer way. They go with the other horse; they're more calm. You're not hand walking them, you know, down on the ground. I'm not a very tall person, so sometimes I feel like just being on another horse is a little is a little safer. And then you know, horses are herd animals, so if you have a young horse, you know, they want to go with a. A buddy. And um, so we we've been doing it for a long time and then we've expanded on it. You know, um, we th- th- certainly hacking, you know, they by the time we get on the, the horses off the track, they have with a pony horse gone through creeks, through water jumps, they've jumped logs, they've gone down banks, they've gone past chickens and pigs and goats, and that only goes awry when the pony horse is not <laughs> into it, <laughs> um, which has happened. Um, and so by the time you're done, and then we work, of course, a lot on the ground, on the rope, over fences as well, and and everything, leg yielding, shoulder in, they do it all on the ground. Um, so they have a really good foundation. and And physically, we know they can do it without the weight of the rider. And we are really comfortable knowing their reactions to things. You know, we get a lot of horses without a lot of knowledge of their background. And, you know, I'm sure there was a time in my teens and 20s where I would just hop on anything, and now I just think that's unintelligent. Mm, Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I um, somebody else can do that, (laughs) yeah, but also I also look at it sometimes because we get horses in and I say, But actually, why would you do that? That's silly. You can ease everybody into getting to know each other Mm -hmm. quite a bit more, and why not? look at the horse and feel very comfortable getting on it because you know their reactions you know that they move off the leg you know that they stop you know they turn you know they go and if they don't do those things on the ground they're not going to do them <laughs> under saddle right. and and so we always joke i'm like why why would you get on that but you know again in my in my in my ute Um, I would just get on and uh, most of the time it went well, but I have a list of injuries that prove that that is not entirely accurate. Um, and uh, you know, uh, a, while anything can happen with horses, a, a much smaller list of injuries from my more intelligent. You know, wisdom-filled years of preparing that horse in a much more positive way, um, and preparing me to get to know them and, and having that relationship that makes it so when you get on, same as breaking horses, you get on and it's it's a non-event. Um, you just carry on, and that's what we did with the Yoda horse, uh, the nothing really that made the finale in uh, show jumping mm-hmm. last year. Yoda. He he didn't steer. We call him Yoda. He he he. When he came, he. He was super sweet. He didn't do anything wrong, but he he, he didn't go, he didn't stop, and he didn't turn really at all very well oh my god so, so so our joke was like all well, those basic functions right and so uh, the joke was and this is not uh it, it just was funny he didn't ever win a race and like well of course he didn't he had to follow the horse in front of him like there's no, oh no other option that's <laughs> all so he did can you imagine like yoda's in the front oh no yeah no he didn't like <laughs> wait i don't know what to do um no, really but not. by the time um so we didn't start him under saddle i mean obviously he'd been ridden before but we didn't start riding him under saddle until like The end of August, Uh, but he had done everything on the rope and with the pony horse, and he and so by the time we got on him, he was um, that was we could jump a course of jumps. Um, So we do it a lot, and and it's so good. We pony out with the fox hunt. Uh, Our our local hunt is just wonderful. They let us do all sorts of crazy stuff. We've been to horse shows (laughs) and ponied horses through, and and that it's just such a wonderful way. They can if they if they feel the need to bounce around a little bit, they don't. We don't add to the drama, you know? So, oh, so they, you know, they hop on their feet a little bit or they, they, they stop and, and, or they leap the creek, but they don't, they don't have the rider struggling with their balance or accidentally making a mistake, which we can all do. You know, maybe you don't slip your reins very well or maybe you fall off, you know? I mean, it it happens. And that, adds an element of drama to the horse already trying to figure out something that was difficult for them. So, I think removing the balance of the rider on the horse, but not the relationship of the rider with the horse, just makes a huge, huge difference. So, I mean, we we are ponying things and then we tie them to a tree up in the field while everybody, we teach lessons around them and then we have to make sure we find them we tie them to a lot of trees, so then we sometimes we have to make a head count, um, make sure we yeah, have Make sure you back. didn't leave
1: anybody out there Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
7: we haven't left anybody yet, but it is kind of, it's always like a, uh, and they have a friend up there with them. They have alfalfa up there with them. Uh, the The whole idea is it's not supposed to be stressful. You know, we're trying to, we're not trying to give them stress to let them get over it. We're trying to show them that things are not stressful.
1: Yes. So it's not like the person who's like, I'm punishing this horse, so I'm gonna tie it to the trailer and leave it there for four hours. Mm. It's no, like, no, and that doesn't no, work because their
7: brains don't work that way. They don't right. have that capability. <laughs> but also oftentimes people will see them tied to the tree and they'll say, um, you know, oh, is are, are they learning patience? And I'm like, or, or they'll say, oh, were they, were they naughty or something? And that's just where people have learned. And I always laugh at, you know, somebody, including myself, who's working a horse in the arena. And I'm like, no, no, that horse would much rather be tied to the tree than probably the workout you're doing right. in the arena right now. Like, <laughs> he's super happy. And, and it's just so, normalizing it. Yeah. It's, it's just, just saying, like, normalizing it. They have to thing. tie to the trailer. Yeah. Um our arena entrance for our barn is a little distance from the barn. It's not far, but you have to walk around. And so when I'm in a hurry, I need. I would love to have three horses tied to the tree by the arena so I can just swap horses out and I can get three horses done in a lot less time. And then I hop on one and I pony everybody home. <laughs> so um, that's, yeah,
2: that's it. It's amazing. Like, I have to admit, I would feel like I'd be terrified to pony my horse in case something went wrong. But it sounds like it's the exact opposite, that they feel safer.
7: They, they do. And I, I've lost it. You know, I've had one time I had the po- the horse I was ponying have to stop and go to the bathroom and the horse I was ponying from just was a really strong draft horse. Mm-hmm. We often use the thoroughbreds mm-hmm. and I couldn't stop the pony horse and I couldn't get the other. And I, I, like, I, I just was like stretch Armstrong. Like I, I just went until I had to let go of <laughs> the rope. Oh, I've and, done and, that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's You're so like, funny. Oh. Yeah. Um, I very, very rarely have had the pony. The pony horse just stands there and eats grass until you go back and get it. But we have a big property and we have fencing, mm-hmm. and and I've not had had an issue. But we we do try to avoid that. But uh, but it does happen. That's funny. Yeah. It sounds like you just gave
1: us like a, a thoroughbred hack, like how yeah. to how to move this along faster, more efficiently, and s- more safely than if you just hopped on and went, which I love. Yeah, I think that's, that's a great that's, skill for people to do.
7: It's a it's a great thing, and I'll tell you, most horses, pony, just great. I mean, if you obviously have like a known kicking horse, then you know, don't use that one. But um, they're herd animals, so they. I mean, we've ponied mares and geldings and colts, and they're they're you know, and then we've you know, we have those rehabs, and it's hugely helpful for that as well because they get to get out and go for a hack, but not with a rider on. You know, trying to hold hold on to a horse that's rehabbing. So yeah, um, I love that. Yeah. It's a great tool. And I've I've done it
1: a little bit, like, especially over the winter, you know, and we put it on the social media for the podcast and people are like, oh, this is such a good idea. And it is a nice way to try to keep, if you have four horses and two riders and you don't have time or it's too cold to ride four, then you ride two and lead the other two. But it has been trial and error to figure out which combinations work and which ones don't. Um, and with some sort of hysterical results, but, you know, we yeah. figured it out in the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Laughter so.
7: is important. I think it is important yeah. to note that that the ability that the horse... Does, like we make sure like if they don't lead well on the ground, then you're going to have some trouble ponying. So you do need to make sure that they drive from the ground and they move forward when you yeah. ask them to. And sometimes as we transition, then we'll have somebody on the ground helping with the pony horse, but it usually doesn't take, um they they pick it up quite quickly. And we use a good rope halter, you know, cause you need that pressure and release. No, we don't use a chain or anything like that. We like the pressure and release of the rope halter and It's not going to break and it's, but that is really, you know, there is a systematic way, you know, that we probably didn't, you know, we've learned how to do more efficiently as well to make sure that, you know, when you are ponying, if something in front of them startles them or they don't want to go, that they understand the pressure and release of the rope. They understand the drive forward um, as you, as you cluck or of the other horse that they will stay with you and not walk backwards. That's important. Nice. Yeah. Makes sense.
1: So Claire, remind listeners where they can follow along on your various adventures on social media.
7: So we are uh, Pacific Farms Incorporated on Facebook and the, uh, let's see, at Pacific Farms Inc. on Instagram. And those are our socials. Love it.
1: Well, Claire, thank you so much for the insight. Hopefully everybody is inspired now to go out and safely try ponying their horses. Yes. And we'll catch up with you again soon. All right. Thank you guys so much
3: if you have one or two horses or you have 20 30 or more fly predators will make the difference between heavy infested fly problem or a no fly zone balding lab fly predators catching these flies before they become an issue
1: so joy we wanted to know on our social media this week how people deal with a horse show hangover and i hope everyone enjoyed the photo i used Um, this was a picture of me that I did not realize my dear husband was taking while he told me innocently to take a nap at a horse show. So it was a picture of me with my mouth hanging open on the ground asleep with my hat over my face. So he's just doing his horse husband. Extremely flattering. (laughs) Yeah. He then took that photo and posted it in the Facebook group for the horse show series. And everyone thought it was amazing. So thanks for that, dear. Uh (laughs) but we wanted to know what is everyone's best cure for a horse show hangover. Um, And we got some good responses. So from Instagram user, Jessica Sackett, she said, sleep on the drive there and then sleep on the drive home, which is great if you have a driver. And unfortunately in my scenario, I am the driver. (laughs) So that doesn't work for me. For for all you, (laughs) but that's great for Eric. (laughs) So yeah. So yeah. And I will give Eric credit. He tries really hard to not do that because, you know, it's hard to, drive when your shotgun is asleep. So I appreciate that. He tries really hard to stay awake uh, from the darebets farm. <laughs> this one I agree with working to pay for the said horse show. That's also me. I usually do not have the luxury of taking Monday off. So I just yes. go right back to work and to muddle it. on through <laughs> and star G barrel horses said she enjoys a mid afternoon nap, which is also a luxury I cannot always take, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. I'm going to my first horse show. This episode will drop after that, but, uh, from where we sit recording, I'm going to my first horse show of the year this weekend. So I will put two out of three of these to practice and see if they work for me. So thanks everybody. If you would like to participate in our next social media challenge, make sure you're following us on all the things at retired racehorse radio. Part of the Retired Racehorse Project's mission is to educate a new generation of horse owners on everything thoroughbred to help more people turn to the thoroughbred as their next competition or sport horse. So as part of that mission, we have spent a lot of time revamping our education library. So if you go to our newly redesigned website, therrp.org, and tap on that education library, you're going to bring up a menu full of content on every topic imaginable, from care and nutrition and soundness to thoroughbred careers, track life and training so take a visit to the rrp.org and visit the education library and see what there is to learn about thoroughbreds
4: as horse owners we spend a lot of time on the road let us rider help keep you covered our equestrian motor plan offers fast reliable nationwide service from our highly trained roadside assistance team 24 7 coverage for both you and your horse Membership includes horse trailer servicing, towing, flat tire repair, even on dual wheels, battery assistance, and lockout service on any vehicle in your plan. We also have your equine companions covered with referrals for emergency vet services, barrier referrals, and emergency stabling assistance. Get peace of mind on the road for you and your horse. Join US Rider today.
1: Well, it's time for everyone's favorite part of the show. We are here with the New Vocations Training Tip and Adoptable Horse of the Week. And we have with us tonight, Winnie Morgan-Niemeth from the Standard Bread branch of New Vocations. Welcome back, Winnie. Hi, thanks for having me. So we're super excited tonight to talk about uh, Standard Breads. And I think this is something that a lot of people maybe make an assumption about. But, you know, we wanted to sort of get like a, a good trainer's point of view on this, how do you know if a standardbred coming off the track might make a good driving horse in a second career? Because it's not really the same as pleasure
8: driving. So, how do you know? Correct. So, um, it's an excellent question. Uh, majority of our standardbreds that have raced and coming off the racetrack would be fine for most pleasure driving Prospects for people. However, the first question I usually ask when trainers are calling me to say they want to donate a horse is how were that horse's driving manners? So, how was he at the track? Was he easy to hook? Was he um, rambunctious? Did he go in a blind bridle? Did he go in an open bridle? And they're very, very upfront. Uh, I would say, probably from the horses that come into new vocations, I, I would say, probably. 95% of them would make pleasure driving horses, so 5% wouldn't. Some of them that kind of show us that they're not going to be good as driving horses is a lot of trotters because they tend to be hotter than pacers, Um, so they just get more worked up. Um, And if they were worked up and they got nervous or or another sign is like they just did the race, they've got all this adrenaline, some horses refuse to to stand for a picture um, or kick Those types of things are not things that, you know, uh, an amateur pleasure driver is going to want to deal with. Now, by all means, once you get that horse away from the racetrack, they have some letdown time and you're also a knowledgeable driver. That's another key thing um, because pleasure driving is a little different than, uh, you know, going to jog your horse. Even those hotter horses tend to calm down and relax because they know that job very, very well. So, I mean, if you have somebody that can hold the horse help you hook your horse. The biggest thing is that they learn that they just have to stand. A lot of times they are hooked to the cart, you know, standing in highs they drop it the, and it's go. But if you spend any time at the racetrack or any training center, you'll see that majority of those horses flat walk to the racetrack and they flat walk off the racetrack. So that's why I can say majority of the horses are used to calmly walking. And going forward, one thing that they're not, you know, that you do have to teach them is to stand because they don't stand around in a jog cart. But that, or race bike, but that can be taught to them. They're never going to go as fast or have the adrenaline that they're having in a race. Just being a pleasure driving horse. And one really nice trotter that we we placed this winter went to a woman in her eighties that was an extremely uh, well versed driver, but she obviously wanted a calm horse. We had a trotter that came in, did not want to be a riding horse. Absolutely, like scared him to death. He got so nervous, so worked up. He had those tendencies of anxiety. And so, um, our trainer in New York, Amanda drove him and she was like, Winnie, he is fantastic to drive. You can do anything with him. And so it worked out great. And this, this wonderful woman sent us the most amazing video of her driving him on the road. Walking and her talking to him every step of the way, it was so precious. And then she'd ask him to trot, and he would just pick up a trot just down the road, like an old country road. Um, it was like it just melted my heart because that's exactly what he wanted to do. He raced like over 300 times, he could go forwards, backwards, he could do whatever you wanted, but under saddle, he just really didn't have that confidence. So, um, by all means, it's really a good thing if you're like shopping for a horse and you're wanting a driving horse is to ask the trainer that's had that horse and jog them. Like I said, they get jogged six, seven days a week. (laughs) So it's something they know really well. And they'll tell you right up front, nope, they're not good. Or yep, they're great.
1: I love that. He was probably so happy to just sort of like do what he knew, but in a more laid back way. (laughs)
2: Like It's great to see a horse like find like their dream job. Like you can see it in their face. They get so excited to go to work. Oh, he
8: was like, I mean, Amanda said when he saw that cart, she's like, he just about backed himself into it. Like, I know exactly oh, wow. what to do. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> I'm here, my calling. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Now I can speak your language. Like, I can do this. The saddle thing, he was like, oh, no, no, no.
1: <laughs> well, and, you know, it's interesting because standard breads are so versatile, you know, because the majority of them can mm-hmm. transition so easily into riding. You know, I think like, I know at least. I tend to, you know, and I'm, I'm someone who has a driving background and I still assume like, oh, it'll ride, you know, <laughs> like, I don't mm-hmm. think about like, oh, maybe we should see if it wants to
8: drive though. But, so, oh, yeah, that's great. I guarantee he probably wants to drive, especially those that have been off, you know, from the track away and haven't driven in a long time. They just don't forget it, it because they've had so much many miles put on them. They just yeah. don't forget
1: it. <laughs> I don't know. My little guy's so fast. I don't know if I dare drive him. I think I'll end up in the next county in about <laughs> five minutes. So I gotta be careful.
8: <laughs> yes. Yeah, you do have to be careful and take your time, but they learn really fast when they know what your the expectation is of them.
1: Nice. So speaking of standardbreds um with accomplished racing careers, tell us about
8: mm-hmm. our adoptable horse of the week, held in balance. So held in balance is a, a classy uh war horse, a big trotter. He's 16-1. He transitioned, his transition has been a little longer in that, I'll go back to that trotter thing Than that he was a lot more nervous in transitioning him. So we really took our time and um, he's not in a position where he could be driven. Uh, He did come in with good driving manners, but he's at Hamilton and they don't really get the opportunity to drive them. So he has been learning what it's like to be involved with the lesson program. And so he stands when the riding lessons are going during the week. And just started taking it all in, like watching the riders ride was such a new thing for him. Mm -hmm. Um, He is uh, just doing fantastic now. Like it's old hat to him. But he did have some other nervous tendencies that sometimes we see and that he was nervous to walk through a stall door. Um, And so that really took some time to get over that. And the reason we see that and we do see it sometimes... Um, it's not, not too uncommon is that they harness the horse in a stall. they bridle the horse in the stall with a blind bridle when they bring him out if that harness you know gets stuck on the um, going out on the mm. sides of the mm. stall it catches mm-hmm. and scares them, and you know people are in a hurry, whoever you know you brush, we know how that is so that must have happened a few times to him and that he just wants to run wanted to run through that is a hard habit to break <laughs> we actually have a horse that just came in last week and you have to back him in the stall he'll back in the stall all day he has to back out of the stall for that reason so it's kind of a vice but usually with work and patience we work through that and b is doing fantastic to where anybody could probably lead him through and lead him out And he knows his job and he seems to really like it. But he's a very lovely guy. Amazing. Well, he's super
2: cute and he looks like he has quite a bit of personality as well. Mm -hmm. He does. And big bodied. He looks like a nice big horse. I see him as a Western horse. Like when I look at him, I could easily see him in a Western saddle and just kind of, even if he is a little bit hotter, like he could be quite fun to take out and about. Kristen, I know you're more the Western expert than I am,
0: but
8: he'd make a wonderful trail horse. He, he, I think he would really enjoy that.
1: Yeah. He looks like he can cover some ground, you know, just know. Around, trot some fence lines and round and up your cows. cows.
2: cows. We need oh, like I an endurance person on the vet. I'm like, would this be a fun endurance <laughs> horse?
8: <laughs> oh yeah. I think he could do it. Um, you know, he did have a long career, but soundness wise, he's been fantastic. And, you know, just, he arrived sound. He, you know, I'm not worried about those miles on him. He just, Mm -hmm. he's like a hard knocking horse. He didn't earn a ton of money. So he was racing at like local tracks and just, you know, hard worker.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That's like what he looks like. He's like, what's my job? What am I going to be doing? And he could also be pretty fun as like an English pleasure horse too. Um, you know, I look at him, I'm like, I could easily see him like going through some dressage and seeing how he turns out. He's got like his neck at first really caught me off guard, but I'm like, oh my gosh, you get him in like a frame and he's going to be a beautiful swad neck that you look for in dressage. Yes. Yeah, for sure. So, oh, he's a cool horse. I love his name, Held in Balance. And, you know, right now he's on sale, you guys. He was 1500 and his adoption fee is now $1,000. So if you're looking for your next horse, you should check out Held in Balance as well as all the other horses at New Vocations at horseadoption.com and get your app in because they go really quick. I know we say it every time, but it's because it's true. Winnie, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it. And we can't wait to see where Held in Balance goes in his next journey. Thank you guys for having me. You can find our show notes and links to
1: today's guests on the website at horseradionetwork.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram, just search for Retired Racehorse Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. You can find me on Instagram at the Horseback Writer and on Twitter at Kristen Kovach. My email is kbentley at therrp.org.
2: You can find me on Instagram at misfitmare and my email is joy at horseradionetwork.com. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company, and to our partners, New Vocations Adoption Program and the Retired Racehorse Project. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on Horse Radio Network, part of Equine Network at horseradionetwork.com remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride and always add more leg. Bye guys.